0: Dushin daf Ownership, which is a Hakdamal kinyanim, we're introducing the idea of kinyanim. When communism started and attacked the corruption that ownership of capital had caused, a lot of Jewish people were attracted to it because corruption had resulted from capitalism. But the answer shouldn't have been the destruction of capitalism or the destruction of ownership. Like all good things, a good thing that is misused and abused becomes corrupt. The idea of ownership in itself is both a rational idea, as we'll see, and it's a divine idea. It's rational and divine. That's why communism couldn't last, it couldn't survive, and the Gadolim well at the time predicted it would, it would collapse. Because it goes against the human mind, it's, it's irrational, and ownership is also, also divine. Through the Torah, the Ribonishlam Shalom teaches us how to think about ownership and how to think about commerce in ways that harmonize the human and the divine. And so this part of Kiddushin, where we get into laws of Kinyanim, actually serves as a bit of an introduction to Seyed and which we're going to start, Shabbos, parshas Vayera, in the November, we'll be starting Kama And this gets us into the thinking about Nezikin, which is the say that it deals with laws of commerce. But it's much more than laws of commerce. It's really to learn how to think in a way that is both rational and divine at the same time. When we learn Moed, and we learn Zroim, and we learn Kodshim, we're really learning about the Divine. It's hard to apply the rational mind to those Sudorim, but when you do Noshim, and to a greater extent the Zikin, you really are combining the, the rational human bind, mind with Kebiyochel, so to say Hashem's mind Himself. And today we're going to mm-hmm. collide 2,000 years of, of thought. We'll start with a Mishnah from the 3rd century, we'll have a Rashi from the 11th century, and then we've got a Kuntras Asfakis and a Reb Shkop and Reb Shem Hirsch from the 18th, 19th and 20th centuries. We'll bring them all into our base of Medrash this morning and in, in 15 or 20 minutes we'll see how they understand Kinyanim, at least get, begin to get some sense of it. Our Mishnah talks about the Kinyan that applies to animals. Again, we've talked about Kinyanim before. Kinyan is the act of transfer of ownership. And defines the moment from which ownership is transferred. A Behema Gasa, Mishnah says, cattle, how, what is the kinyan for cattle? Misira. you hand over the reins from the seller to the buyer. A daka, if it's sheep or goats, ba, you lift the animal up. The Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lezev say, Behema niknate The way you do a kinyan on a lamb or a goat is to, to pull it, you make it move. That's the way that you do it. Rashi, this is a little Rashi on the Mishnah, which which I believe is perhaps the most important Rashi in all the Tzuggias of Kinyanim. The wording of Rashi here is exquisite. The owner transfers it, the animal, to the buyer by the reins. You don't transfer the reins. You don't hand over the reins. You hand over the animal. The way you hand over the animal is by passing the reins from one to another. Very, very important, because Rashi is defining Kinyanim here. Kinyanim is the way that you are moser, an object from a kone to a lokaer. The way you transfer ownership from a buyer to a seller. So in this little Rashi that is it's, it's so ignored, in this little Rashi is the Yasod of Kinyanim. is the foundation of all the principles of Kinyanim that we're going to be busy with for months and months. And th- that idea is defined very beautifully by, by Ribshimashkop. We're going to learn Ribshimashkop quite deeply this morning. I've said to you before Ribshimashkop, a great Rosh Hashiva, died uh, just before the Second World War. He was my Rebbe's Rebbe. He, he in- innovated the, the Derek HaHigayon. the whole Telza methodology of learning was Ribshimashkop's innovation. And, and as I say, he was the Rebbe of my Rosh Hashiva, and my father learned in Tulsa, the Derek HaHigayon, Reb Shkop's way of learning, is something that I'm deeply Im- embedded in. Reb Shkop wrote a Sefer called Shirei Yosho, which is a Sefer about, we've spoken about it before, that his Sefer, Shirei Yosho, and the Ketsoy and Shev Shmeitzer were both for him about how to live with certainty in a world of uncertainty, how to deal with Sveikot, using rov and chazaka and various other techniques that halacha has to reach certain conclusions when your information is imperfect. That's really what Shari Yosha is. Maharishi Shiva was an expert in Shari Yosha. It's a big sefer and a wonderful, wonderful sefer. In that sefer in Shari, Reb Shimon Shkob says, Gidrei lha shel adam Important words, and you'll see the importance of that word shlita later on this morning. Gidre kinyanim. the definition of Kinyanim is, just each of the shirim in this kiddushin. this is amazing, each piece of Gemara I learn every morning, I just think to myself, this is just so foundational. We're just actually building the foundations of understanding the Torah in these, in these sugyes. Gidra kinyanim hu to transfer and renew, also important. Koach HaShlita, it's a koach. The energy of shlita doesn't really mean ownership. Shlita really means mastery of. To master something, to have control over something. He doesn't say ba'alut. He says shlita. And he calls it a koyach. There is a metaphysical force of ownership, of mastery over objects. Shelha Adam, he doesn't say the mocheir al-alokach, of a human being. This is a law of humanity. ala khayfet, defining the relationship between humans and objects. That's what Kinyanim is. Kinyanim are the metaphysical laws of the Torah that define the relationships between humans and objects. What a definition of Kinyanim. Where do we find such a definition of Kinyanim? This piece of, of Rav and elsewhere in Shirei Yosha is globally misunderstood. It's misunderstood by scholars and it's misunderstood by Tamid Echachomin. The assumption is that what Rav says here is that the law, commercial laws of the Torah are not really Torah laws. They're laws of commerce that any society would have. The Torah law starts after you've established the laws of commerce. Who owns what? Who owes what to who? That's laws of commerce. That's not the Torah. The Torah then tells you what to do about it. But there are no mitzvahs and averus in the laws of commerce as such. Now, just skip the first paragraph and go down. I'll show you where you see that in the Reb Shimon, where, why it leads to this misunderstanding. It's not in Dine mamanot, in the little paragraph starting, "Uviu in Yanze. In Dine mamanos, it's different from laws of mitzvahs. shechal aleinu mitzvat Hashem Before the mitzvah applies to pay or to return an object. Tzariq shiukdam aleinu chiyuv mishpati. You've got to establish what the legal status is. And people understand that mishpati to mean like a secular legal status. It's a rational legal status. What, what, is, what is the rational one? And he actually almost says that again in the next period. We're looking at mitziut, fact. Who does it belong to? Use your common sense. This is not about mitzvahs and Torah. Who does it belong to? And considering laws, the legal system. Again, people think that means the general legal system. Who's supposed to have the chefez? Because it is logical according to law. That in a case like we have in Bova if you exchange a donkey for a cow, and the cow has has a calf, But you're not there at the time. You're on another farm exchanging the donkey and simultaneous to the exchange of the donkey, the cow is also being exchanged. But you don't have a watch. You don't know exactly what time that exchange took place. Now you go to the other farm and you see the cows had a baby. Did the cow have the baby before the exchange or after the exchange? He says it's logical. Depends where, the, in whose Rushut it was found. If it's found in an, unho- an unowned territory, as li'nan we'll assume that it belongs to the original owner. The law of gezel only kicks in once the legal system has decided who owns what. So you've got two things. You've got the legal system, and then you've got the Torah kicking in. And that's how people un- misunderstand Shimon Shkop. And I'll prove to you that it's, it's a misunderstanding. Because the, Rup Shimon starts hey with a wonderful, famous kasher that he's not the first to ask but, but he's one of the people who ask it why in matters of mamonot in monetary matters in commercial halachot do we say that sofik mormon, Lahakil, you go the lighter way if you've got a doubt who does it belong to do i have to give this back or don't i have to give this back you, you go the, the sofik mormon, lakula if it's a monetary doubt you take the lighter view what about isur gezel if I take the light of you, maybe I'm over on Isur Gezel, and Isur Gezel is an Isur Doraisa, and when there's a Sophik Doraisa, it's Sophic Doraisa le So you begin to see the separation of the idea of the commercial law and the, and the halachic law of Gezel. This is where it originates from. He then brings the Kuntras Asfakis. The Kuntras Asfakis is the brother of the Ktesach Khushin. 18th century. The Kuntras the his brother, the Cesar Hushin, thinks very, very highly of, of the Kuntras Hasveikas. Kuntras Hasveikas started off after he got married, he worked as a barman to earn a living. So it's quite interesting. Not for long, he then became a, a Rebbe and a Yeshiva and then he became the of the Dayan of Munkach. So this was a huge person. Imagine you walk into the bar, you could have been served by the Kuntras Asvekis. Just imagine, you don't know when you walk into a bar who's standing on the other side of the bar. Might be the Kuntras Hasveikas. You've got to check. Anyway, the Kunjus Hasveik asks this question as well. And he says, Piruke kahu. This is Reb Shimon quoting him. Reb Shimon Shkop said, by the way, everybody should have an achron that teaches him how to learn. Okay. One of my rabbis, my cousin, Reb Avrom Guvitz, the Rosh Hashiva of Gates, told me that when he was young, the Minchas Chinuch was his Rebbe, taught him how to learn. The, the, the Reb says the Tseus taught him was his Rebbe in learning. To teach methodology and language how to think in learning, what words to use, what, what phrases, what concept? how to conceptualize in learning. You need an Akron to teach you that, and you need to know, uh, choose an Akron and know it very, very well. So Rabbi Shimon brings the, the Kuntos Asfegus and says the, the, the answer is that Lo asra gezel, gezel only kicks in when you've established what the din is. So, in establishing what the deed is, you don't have to say "safek d'oraisa l-Khumra because this isn't a safek d'oraisa. This is not a Torah doubt. This is just establishing the law. Once you've established the law, now the Torah kicks in with the Isur of gezel. That's where Reb Shimon gets it from, and he says the kuntras asfekus says very well, but he doesn't expand it fully. So you see from Reb Shimon. That, bu- that he's building on the Kuntras Asfakis. Nobody accuses the Kuntras Asfakis of saying that the laws of Mishpatim, the commercial law, are secular in their nature. Because uh, he uses the word Mitzadah Din, whereas Ribshim Shkop uses the word Mitzadah Mishpatim because he's trying to separate the Din of Gezel with the Mishpat of Mominus. So he ch- uses two separate words. But he's talking about Mishpat HaTorah, it's the Torah that teaches us laws of ownership and how to transfer for ownership. This is something, this is a blueprint with which the world was created. This is not something that we just make up. The laws of Kinyanim are laws of the Torah. Of course Shimon Shkop holds the same. You see from the fact that he builds on the Kuntras Asveikas, he doesn't disagree with the Kuntras Asveikas. And why is this so important? Because where does the law of Kinyanim start from? <coughs> Where do we get the idea of Kinyanim to start from? The very first time we get it is Malkitzedek teaches us the laws of Kinyanim. Malkitzedek, the king of Shaleim, Yerushalayim at the time, who says to Avram, He uses the word Kinyan. And he uses it in respect to Hashem. So you see, Kinyanim is a divine concept. This is not just a legal system that men made up. Malki Tzedek recognizes the concept of Kinyan is much deeper than that. And Rabshimshin Rafael Hirsch explains that posuk unbelievably brilliantly. Rabshimshin Rafael Hirsch, we're so lucky we've got it in Hebrew, we've got it in English, it was written in German. When my father wanted to learn Rabshimshin Rafael Hirsch when he was in yeshiva, it was only available in German, so he studied German. For years, he studied German so that he could understand Ribshim Shmushan Rafael Hirsch in the original. He just finished studying German, and he bought his first set of R' Shmushan Rafael Hirsch, and it came out in English. But that's how important it was to him to know to understand. R' Rafael Hirsch says the idea of koneh who musag shel mishpati uses the same word in, at least in the Hebrew, but it's law musag alimut. The idea of Kenyan is unbelievably sophisticated. Until that time, what Malkitsedek is saying, is until that time you own something by possessing it. Possession was ownership. If you took something away from somebody else by force, it was yours. If it was in your house, it was yours. If it was on your property, it was yours. So what is the idea of Kenyan? I can own a property in New York, although I'm living in Ranana. I can own a car in New York. I can own a goat in the Midwest of America or in Afghanistan. Ownership is not tied to control. The idea of separating ownership and control is something that Mark Itzedek teaches, that Hashem has ownership of the world. You gain ownership either by creating something or having created it by transferring it. So how did humanity get ownership in the world? Hashem created the world. Hashem was Konei my Invaretz. That's what it is. His Konei it's his. How do we get it? He has to transfer ownership. Like Rashi says, you are Muslim, because this is a way of being machlif. the Reboi gives us the capacity to master, to have control over the world. And he, we use Kinyanim in order to do that. He teaches us the principles of Kinyanim because with Kinyanim you can gain legal mastery without having to have physical control. You don't have to grab it, you don't have to capture it, you don't have to conquer it. You can buy it, you can acquire it. That's the power of Kesif. It doesn't mean that you control the woman, that you dominate the woman, that you lock her up in your house, she's free. You have mastery over the woman. And she's part of your life. She becomes part of you. To be koine, you can be koine Torah. you can be koine chokmah, you can be koine Tovot. you can be koine intangible things when you make something part of you. And you can make something part of you even if it's a million miles away from you. That's what's so beautiful. You you acquire your wife, so to say, you're invested in your wife. She can be 6,000 miles away. She's still your wife. You own a lamb or you own a car, or you own a building 6,000 miles away. It's still yours. Because that's the koach of mishpat. And with that koach, the koach of mishpat is not only a legal attachment, that the thing belongs to you. The koach of mishpat is also a spiritual attachment. As we learn when Yaakov comes to Beit El and he puts the stones by his head and then they become one stone and Rashi says, everyone says, The stones are elevated by the fact that Yaakov makes a kinyan in them. When something becomes yours, the object changes. If you're a tzaddik, the object is elevated. If you're a Rosha, the object is ta- taken down. And the object influences you. You can have an object which corrupts you. A cell phone can corrupt a person depending on how one uses it. It's just an object. A TV set in one's house, a computer can corrupt you. An object can corrupt, even inanimate things can corrupt us and they can elevate us. A cheftzeh shel can elevate us. The way we use something can elevate us. Yaakov uses the stones and elevates the stones. The stones in turn elevate Yaakov and, and become a mizbeach afterwards. Our relationship with the world, with the objective world, what did we say? Reb Shemelskop said, Geder hakin yanimu ul ulechadeh this is a metaphysical force that exists between humankind and the world of objects that's what we're going to learn together when we get to Seder and we'll have some pages of it here in Kiddushin and then in the laws of Nezikian which we will start in Mirza Hashem in November